Guys, we did it. The preseason power rankings are now here for the PDL, and it's going to be unveiled in this podcast episode. But that essentially means the offseason is almost over. Now, with the PDL's new season right around the corner, we added two new owners, and we're going to be pretty excited because they've never been through a PDL season before. So with that being said, I did want to mention one more thing off the top. Unfortunately, we did not have a 100% participation rate from all members when it came to uh, submitting the voice files. So when we get to them, it'll definitely be evident and you'll know who it is. So I did that on purpose so we could give them a little bit of a ribbing because it is a little bit disappointing not to get everyone to participate, especially with the amount of effort a lot of people put into this league. Don't worry, this is not going to be a Debbie Downer episode, so without further ado, let's jump in to the rankings. Unfortunately, it should not be too hard to figure out who was ranked at number 12. Hello, PDL listeners. This is Brett Caseman, the owner of the Dubrovnik Dragons. And today, for our preseason rankings, I'm going to talk about Mr. Greg, owner of the Austrian Oaks from overseas. So I first want to Put it out there and not anyone can argue with me but i honestly think that greg is the funniest owner in the pdl and i will fight anyone who thinks otherwise because <laughs> i think every time i go and look in the group chat i just to see greg just spitting fire in terms of his responses to anyone um whether it be gifts whether it be uh, Twitter links to different players. He always has such a natural, funny reaction and response back that I just can't help but chuckle every time I look at it. So I think Greg's just humor in general leads to a very fun and lively uh, spirit in the PDL, both in season and out of season. I know that being from overseas, Greg doesn't get to see as many games as we do here stateside, um, but he makes up for it in terms of his contributions to the league. And I just want to say, Greg, I really appreciate how you interact with other people, and I think you're an awesome dude. Um, and then the other thing I want to share uh, with Greg is that I think his strategy right now in terms of what he's been able to do since coming into the league has been nothing short but legendary. Uh, the, the big thing I remember from last year was that when he ended up winning that one game, I think, against Josh, and he just went full on, like, I am tearing this shit down until there's no one left on the team. It was one of those things where I'm like, is he actually going to? And no, he proved me wrong, where he literally traded all of his good players and did not win another game for the rest of the season, securing his number one spot in the PDL draft. Um, so I think his total rebuild is going to be something that is going to be talked about for years and years to come soon after the fact. And I'm sure that as he gathers all of his picks, I think over the next year or two, we can definitely see Greg becoming a contender when other ones start to fade into um, unknown obscurity from um, just the amount of time that players go through in their retirements. I think Greg will be in, in the upcoming um, PDL seasons. He'll definitely be a contender soon enough. Um, but overall, no, that is Greg from the Austrian Oaks. Keep doing your thing, man, and can't wait to see how it plays out this season. 
Thank you, Brett, from the Dubrovnik Dragons. Man, do we need to get this guy his own podcast show because his voice is absolutely immaculate. But I completely agree with everything Brett said. Not only is Greg legendary for the crazy rebuild that has been well documented on this podcast, but he's also happens to be one of the funniest guys in the league. I would definitely agree with you, Brett. I think he definitely takes the title and I would actually be surprised to see anyone kind of fight you on that. But regardless, one thing that I think Greg would be happy to know, his team was not unanimously ranked at 12. There were five owners that actually ranked him as high as number 11. I'm sorry, Greg. You All you got was 12 and 11th place votes. But the good thing is it was not unanimous and... Um, I don't think it's going to be surprised if this is going to be the last time you're going to be getting some 12 place rankings just because of the amount of draft picks they have coming up. So this time next year, it's going to be after you essentially probably have Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. We'll see what happens. But at number 12, it was our good friend, Greg. Now let's introduce the number 11 team heading into the 2023 season. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Matt Welch, the uh, owner of the Dallas Drip, and I am here to talk about my fellow owner, GM of the California Earthquakes, Mr. Michael. So I think we all kind of know Michael's story. He took uh, took the team over from, from Josh at the end of this last season, and to say that the team was a travesty would just be an understatement. I don't think we could talk enough about how bad that team was you know we, we all know we all know the story by now so um i just want to say that i probably wouldn't have taken that team over regardless of how many free seasons i got um and michael actually had the choice between that team and the team that tanis took over so you know just kudos to michael for uh throwing his hat in the ring for the adventure of trying to rebuild this team from the bottom um not only is it at the bottom and just had no draft capital yada 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 you know i could, I could go on forever here so you know, Michael joined the league and uh, shortly thereafter wanted to make a splash. So he reached out about one one of the premium picks that I held and uh, we ended up working something out. So, you know, and I did end up with his 25 first in that deal. Um, but he did end up getting CJ Stroud with the 103. Uh, so just to kind of hopefully give him a good building block just to look forward to. Um, there was some recent shade cast at him recently on, on the podcast. Um, about him not being as active in league chats, which, you know, I think is, is probably fair. But I did want to counter that with my own personal experience that Michael was just absolutely great to deal with in our trade discussions. Uh, he was super prompt at getting back to me. I felt like the discussion uh, moved pretty uh, pretty well forward at a regular rate. It didn't, it didn't drag on. It wasn't a, a two-week thing of just barely getting back and forth to each other. So I did want to defend him in that way because, uh, you know, we all got the things we're good and bad at, so I just wanted to throw that out. Um, I did want to um, offer a little bit of advice to Michael. Um, in that trade, I did end up with his uh, 25 first. So the advice I would actually give him is do don't trade your first. It's going to be long, long seasons of losing and not ending up with good players because of it. So I learned that from personal experience. Tried to have to do a full rebuild because I went in too hard, too fast, and, you know, but I'm, I'm back on the climb now. Um, uh, something I think we all might have learned about Michael in the uh, time we've spent with him in the league is that uh, he frequents uh, big Hispanic hangouts and barbecues. Um, I think it's safe to say at this point he's probably an honorary Mexican. 
Uh, and because I did just offer some advice to him, I do think it is okay to ask in exchange that we get some sort of bomb salsa recipe or something. Cause, cause I know you guys are hiding one over there. Um, yeah. So it was a uh, good talking about Michael today and, uh, hope that he becomes a pretty immersive part of this league and, uh, a nice puzzle piece just to fit together with everybody else. I'm also sorry to let you all down, but I did not do this absolutely hammered as I had promised. I had to be a responsible adult and be a dad of my three children. So, so sorry to let you all down. Don't worry, Welch. We would never be disappointed in you because you always deliver the goods. Although I think we would agree that would have been a little bit funnier if you kind of did this whole thing a little bit smashed. But regardless, everything that you said was fantastic. Michael, how poetic is it that uh, Welch, kind of the guy who's overseeing the very first official rebuild in the PDL, is kind of giving you some advice as well. So I'm really excited to kind of see how your team goes once again. I feel like this franchise is starving for some direction because, uh, unfortunately, Josh did not deliver that. But with all of the moves that you've made so far, I feel like the fans are getting very, very excited for the first time. Now we are heading into the top 10 in the PDL, and the 10th ranked team was actually a member that did not submit a voice memo, Tanish of the Boulder Bears, and I was actually assigned to cover this team. So... Because he didn't submit one, it's only fair that he doesn't get one, which is unfortunate because I was looking forward to talking about the Boulder Bears. But at number 10, it's Tanish. I'm sorry, guys. I know number 10 was a little bit disappointing because it didn't have a voice submission, but I promise you it was worth the wait because number 9 is going to be a fun unveiling. Hello, Brett. I think you know this voice. This is the voice of the man who has been trashing your team for the last two seasons or so. Yes, it is Darren. Uh, I have been given the task to introduce the Dubrovnik Dragons, the owner, Brett Caseman. I think this was rigged. I was given this by Tommy, and he just wanted to see me do this, to see what I would say. I know it was rigged, even though he told me it was randomly generated. I don't believe him. Probably you don't either. But here we go. The owner of the Dubrovnik Dragons how could we describe him? What's a memorable moment involving Brett that I can share? Well, how about the fact that Brett had Travis Kelsey two years ago when we played each other in the playoffs. It was a Thursday night game. They were playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Travis Kelsey wasn't doing so much before in the first half. Yeah, I think he had about like, you know, 11 points, something where I was like, okay, I can manage that. He ended the game with about 45 points, if I remember correctly. And as soon as that game ended, I knew my playoff hopes were also over. That was a bad memory for me. But, you know, it was the last time I was in the playoffs. But, of course, it was Brett. <clears throat> His strategy so far to this point has definitely worked better than mine. Um... A unique strategy, I guess we could say, in a way that not other people use, except for maybe Brian. Um, he likes the old veterans, the guys that are on the fringes. They're not the elite guys, but they're guys that are put up points. They're guys that are doubted, like Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. They are put down, and they're the outcasts. Nobody really wants them. But Brett brings them in. He welcomes them. He gives them hugs and kisses, and they score him points. And he wins games, and that is what brought him to the title game last year. 
mostly on the back of, I will say, Travis Kelsey. Um, <laughs> but he was helped along with Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. Um, he is has been requesting that I stop pooping on Jared Goff as much as I do. He, he's, you know, he, he's a top... He's a top 32 quarterback in the NFL. He, he should be a starter. But, you know, would I want him starting on the Philadelphia Eagles? No, not really. So I can't say he's a quarterback that I would want in real life. But he's he was, he was, he was okay last year. He was okay. Um, <laughs> how does Brett contribute to the league's camaraderie and spirit, both during and outside of the season? I will say that Brett was awesome in the beginning. Um... This is not even meant to be a slight, but I think that once Brett got a girlfriend, he turned into a Yao. It is now, (laughs) I don't know if the Yao's parents know this, but they now have a third son. It is Kevin, Kenny, and Brett. They (laughs) all kind of acted the same way once they had significant others. And, you know, can't really knock them because, you know, outside stuff is definitely more important than fantasy football. We saw Danny Wee. He left the league because his wife was going to leave him because of fantasy football. You know, Brett, if she's the one, definitely more important than fantasy football. I will give you that. If Tommy ever kicks you, you can, be, you can just hold that over your future wife possibly as leverage. Be like, you know, I was in this great fantasy league. It was called the PDL, and I was kicked out because of you. And, you know, that, that might get you some... Maybe a Father's Day without being bugged or something. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Brett's sport, sportsmanship and uh, team spirit, I think, is pretty much unmatched in the league. Um, he was the Purdue of the league the first season he was here for the two new guys that don't really know this. I don't even know if Greg was here yet at this point, actually. Um, <clears throat> I think I think Jeff was. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling now. But everyone's kind of used to that at this point. But... Anyway, he was the Purdue of the the season that year. He was the underdog. He kept winning games somehow, and we didn't understand how he was doing it. But, you know, I followed in to last year, and he made it to the title game. He was doubted, and he still did it anyway. It doesn't really make any sense. And I think this is going to be kind of the same, I guess, you know, a method that Greg and Tommy are doing here as the guys on that third-party podcast did. So now here we go. Here is Greg and Tommy talking about the Dubrovnik Dragons and their owner, Brett. This is just firsthand experience to me on why people listen to the podcast. Darren is absolutely hilarious. So my goodness, what a submission. It went everywhere from Darren, who's obviously already married, giving some advice to Brett saying, hey, you're going to need some leverage. So if you do get kicked. You should use this against your future wife. I mean, just great material. But honestly, Brett, I know you've felt like you've been disrespected all offseason, and now you find yourself at number nine. Is there any better position you want to find yourself? This has kind of been the story of Dubrovnik ever since you entered the league. Always disrespected, always overperforming. I'm really excited to see what you do this upcoming season, and I promise you it was not rigged. I don't know how Darren ended up with you. I just thought it was hilarious, and I did not want to change a thing because, hey, look what we just got. Now we push forward. Now we're talking about the Elite Eight. This is who came in at number eight. The Dallas Strip, Matt Welch, easily one of my favorite people um, in the world. I don't. 
I don't think there's anybody I've ever met that has so many plates spinning at once and spinning so well um, at that, you know. He's got a, a house full of girls. He's got a high-level medical field job that he kills, and, and he still finds time to currently be pulling off an amazing rebuild in the PBL. Um, you know, I think that you, you can't say enough about who he is as a person, you know, to the league. He's so fun. He's hilarious. He's super loyal as a friend, uh, you know, to these, this whole group. Um, but as a fantasy player, um, something that stands out to me that I think is underrated, um, especially in the process and, and where his team is at now um, and over the past couple of years is, you know, having that patience and really sitting in it right where you're supposed to be, not being ahead of yourself, um, committing to to a path and an action for your team, and, you know, exercising caution, I think, you know, making sure that when those moves present themselves and you know that it's time, Trevor Lawrence, like, take your pick of foundational pieces that he's added at the perfect time. But, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be a big volume venture, um, Instead, it can be really directed hits, and that's kind of what I see he's been able to do. Um, so, you know, look, it's hard not to be envious of a team that is is on the come up, like very much on the come up, with players already in place, with huge amount of draft capital, um, you know, like he had in this draft and then the pieces he was able to add and, and more in the future. So, couldn't have been a better guy, but earned it this team's really really showing up i don't think it's going to be this year and i think that's part of the plan but i think next year 2024 look out for the drip honestly one of my role models and i think we should all be very thankful that you have such a full plate because if you put all of your focus into this league honestly we would all be screwed but welch you are obviously undergoing one of the first rebuilds in the PDL, and I'm sure you are so tired of always being at the bottom of these preseason rankings, but now you have been on that steady, I guess, rise. You are now in the Elite Eight, and I wouldn't be surprised if you made it into the playoffs as well. So I think the future is really bright for the Dallas trip. And honestly, the PDL has never been a better place because it has you a part of it. So thank you so much for everything that you contribute. And boy, oh boy, did we think that this was going to hit us in the feels. Unfortunately, number seven team's owner did not submit a voice memo. So I will not elaborate after they have been unveiled. Hi, this is Mike. I am introducing Brian of the Hollywood Hustle. Uh, Brian has a unique team and a unique strategy as it relates to, well, pretty much anybody else in the league. Um, most teams, they usually try to either go for it every year or rebuild. Brian's kind of decided to do something a little in the middle with the exception of, you know, drafting B. John Robinson. He's decided that he's going to collect second and third and fourth round picks and just smash rookies. But he's not just randomly picking guys. He's putting in all kinds of research and work into, you know, which rookies 
he believes are going to be all-stars, studs, pro bowlers, whatever you want to call it. And he sticks by it um, to the point where he isn't going to take any crap for drafting a player way over his ADP. And he sticks by it. So I kind of just like that strategy where, you know, he could make the playoffs this year. But even if he makes the playoffs, he's going to be loaded with young, good talent because that means his talent did great. So I think that's kind of cool. The other thing I really admire about Brian is his just dedication to football. Um, He kind of has taken what every guy dreams of and make it into reality. And that is working basically in fantasy football. And I know it can't have been easy because, I mean, it's a lot of time and effort and just so much competition in the area. Yet, I think last I heard, he was up to 24,000 subscribers with uh, Legit Football, um, which if you guys haven't checked it out, um, it's an amazing newsletter that basically has all the latest team and fantasy news, or the big news anyway, in a simple like two three minute read email that arrives I think uh, every weekday I don't know I'm not always the best at opening them but whenever I see it in my email I always click it and read it Um. now unfortunately the number six team that is about to be unveiled was actually assigned to tanish so he wasn't able to get there but don't worry jeff i got your back and i'll be able to do a fun little rundown first a quick little recap the wichita whirlwind was ranked as highly as number three in these preseason rankings and as low as number nine he finds himself at a comfy six which means if this were to come true you are a playoff team jeff and as we all know you go down in history already. The Wichita Whirlwind are the first and essentially the only seven seed ever to make in the PDL. Since then, obviously, we took that seven seed away. But now it looks like this team is reloading, get ready to get back into the playoffs. And we're really excited to see where you can go. But what can we say about the owner, Jeff? Probably one of the most reliable and fun-spirited owner that we have in the PDL. Not only does he always dress apart at the owner's meetings, he wore a suit for the very first owner's meeting he was a part of. And then, don't forget, the last most recent owner's meeting, he went through the trouble and wrote everything backwards on a whiteboard of just hilarious things that is currently pinned in the PDL chats because he thought it would show up um that way on the zoom call but oh my goodness this guy is amazing but one more thing that he also threw out there he was the very first to also get a pdl jersey he went out and got a custom wichita whirlwind jersey which then myself the delco dreamers followed in his footsteps and we ordered our own as well I think this is just a small microcosm of all the different things and wrinkles that jeff really brings to the pdl couldn't be any more privileged gracious to have someone like you in the league since you've been a part of this i feel like every other owner will also definitely violently nod their head and agree that you've been one of the best additions that we've made to the pdl not just because of your presence but also your fantasy prowess very excited to see some of the draft picks that you went out and got this past pdl rookie draft and overall just really excited to see what you do because it's very difficult to be 
a new owner and make it into the playoffs, and you've already done so. So let's continue to see everything else that the Wichita Whirlwind is going to be able to do in the PDL. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to give you a break from my annoying voice as we unveil the number five team in the PDL. That's right. We're now in the top five. Mike is the most reliable member of our league. While others may ebb and flow, he remains the constant. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. You can be sure you're getting the truth from him at all times. There's nothing I love more than after a long, hard day of work, sitting down with a glass of scotch, pulling up the PDL chat, and watching Mike and Max argue. Tommy likes to say that Darren is the league pedophile and only acquires young players, but we all know that Mike has the youngest team in the league by about half a year. And when he found out that Trey Lance had a receding hairline, he actually traded him because he thought Lance was lying about his age. One fun fact that you guys might not even know about Mike, uh, not even the Oregon guys know this, but he eats his chicken tenders by wrapping them in bacon and dipping them in milk. He calls it the farmyard. Uh, in summation, I would like to end with a short poem that I've written. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our league has a man who makes obvious his dislike. If he doesn't approve, he'll tell you to take a hike. It's Tommy, our chief, whom he gives great grief I speak of none other than Mike. Thank you. Do you guys hear that? That's the sounds of the footsteps of Brett running around taking a victory lap because Greg is indeed the funniest guy in the league, but Mike finds himself in the top five. It's no secret that last year, unfortunately, disappointed a little bit, missed the playoffs, but this team, as we all know, once again, well documented in this podcast, is littered with superstars. A roster filled with Josh Allen, Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson. The list goes on and on of all the different studs that this, I mean, great owner was able to get. But it's always funny because there's always a little bit of tilting associated with this owner, which I feel like is a little unfair. I mean, we all tilt. Mike will not be afraid to tell you his opinion. But honestly, I cannot imagine the league without him. Honestly, I think we should be counting our blessings because if Mike had a crazy successful team and won the league, could you could you imagine how he would be in the PDL? I actually am kind of curious. So, Mike, don't disappoint me. Win a playoff game this year and I'm really, really excited to kind of see how your demeanor is. Something tells me you're just going to be really chill because I remember that one season, Darren will remember, I think it was Max versus Mike. In first round of the playoffs, all of us were super hype of how crazy this was going to get. But Mike was just kind of passive and just kind of chill. Um, was a little bit disappointed, but I want the fire back, man. And your team obviously has the goods. Maybe Darren has been a little bit unfairly labeled as a pedophile. Because Greg obviously said by like half a year, you have the youngest team. And uh, maybe Darren gets it because he kind of is one of the voices of the PDL being in the podcast with me. But... Mike, you are officially on the radar because just like Darren, you always have multiple first-round picks. You always snipe me and you always... Man, Mike is just a much better trader than I am because he always outbids me at the last second. So I feel like anytime I'm ever in a bidding war with Mike, it's all but over because I know I'm not going to be able to beat the guy. So regardless, I think this is upcoming season is going to be the season where the Southern Oregon Swerve puts it all... To oh, sorry. Southern Oregon Smoke puts it all together. 
Now to unveil the number 4 team and by far the most polarizing team in the PDL originally assigned to Steve. Unfortunately, he didn't get the voice submission in, so I'm going to cover it and it's probably one of my best friends, Darren, and also the co-host of the PDL. Man, what do I have to say about this guy? Before I go in and break down how he is as an owner, I feel like it's only fair to kind of shine a little light on how this team is so polarizing. So the Carolina Thunder, they got the most fourth place votes and they find themselves at number four. So shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But this team was actually ranked as low as number seven, which was not an anomaly because one other team also ranked them at number six. But this team also got a couple, so just two, votes at number three as well. So it was kind of all over the place. And that kind of summarizes Darren kind of perfectly, right? As you heard earlier from his voice memo, the guy is absolutely hilarious. And very similarly like Mike, will definitely let you know his opinion, but probably sugarcoated a little bit. But with that being said, is there any other personality as big as Darren's? I mean, from his beef with what? Brian and Brett essentially launching a second pseudo podcast that disrespected to come out. I mean, who else can do that? But honestly, Darren won the best owner of the year award, the Wii, the very first season of the PDL when he was actually a co-owner. I know we mentioned that a lot in the podcast, but really let that sink in. He wasn't actually even a real owner and he's made so many good moves for, uh, I mean, my team, the Delco Dreamers at the time, we were called the Soul Sharks. He got me Darren Waller essentially for absolutely free and then he moved moved over to Kenny's team and then was able to make that big trade where he traded Zeke away for like Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, and essentially setting uh, Kenny's team up for multiple playoff runs. This guy is pretty much known as a league pedophile, but as we kind of discussed, maybe that title should belong over to Mike, but he is, I mean... I feel like it's definitely an episode we should probably do, but behind closed doors, if we kind of asked all the owners, who, who's the best trader? Who's the shark? Who's blah, blah, blah. Darren would rank very, very highly because outside of myself, Darren is probably the most in tune with the league, maybe because I forced him to be my co-host, but what other guy can pretty much tell you any player on anyone's team without even looking up the roster that that's kind of crazy to me and that's who darren is and he has a lot of bad luck um and maybe that's not fair to say because he hasn't won a playoff game yet isn't that kind of crazy but he finds himself at number four so i can absolutely understand why brian and brett are sitting there saying wow we are continuing being disrespected we're both at the championship games but Darren finds himself at number four. He's proved nothing. So I definitely understand that. But hey, you can't argue with the results. This team got the most fourth place votes. And once again, kind of finds himself there once you kind of take the average of everything. So Darren, are you going to disappoint us again? Because I don't think it's going to be enough just to make it to the playoffs. All of your accolades, all of the moves that you've said. And once again, you did take over an orphan team. So that's kind of a special badge that you get to hold. You're the very first owner that took over an orphan team. So I don't know. After three, four years, is it finally time to win that playoff game and even make a deep playoff push? I wouldn't be surprised if you win the whole thing either. But once again, I'm a little bit biased here but I'm sure you're happy to find yourself here at number four. Now let's jump in to the top three of the PDL. And unfortunately, this is going to be a little anticlimactic because Brian was assigned to unveil this person. He did not deliver and it was actually Steve. And normally I would kind of 
kind of take their place, make sure that they get their spotlight, but Steve also did not submit something. So I'm just going to move on and just jump right in to the top two. Hi, I'm Jeff with the Wichita Whirlwind, and it is my absolute pleasure to be introing Max of Murphy Street Empire as we head into the 2023 season. Max is one of the nicest, easygoing members in the PDL. Uh, he's always a pleasure to interact with, whether that's through trade negotiations or him making you know, one of his thousand gifts for our chat. Uh, but one thing he does do is he's not entirely perfect. One thing he does do is uh, he'll post about something and then tag me in it and then delete the post. And I, like, I'll just, I'll never know why or what it is, Max. Why do you do this to me, Max? I wake up in the morning and I see that you tag me, but there's nothing there. Why do you do it, Max? What a jerk. Anyways, he also one time appear pressured me into trading an additional pick so that I would still be able to draft Dalton Kincaid, which I think... I thank him for, uh, but I don't know how to feel about being Jedi mind tricked into picking a player. So um, I, I guess thank you, Max. Yeah, Max, nice and all, uh, but it's clearly a ruse because this guy is an absolute cold-blooded killer when it comes to fantasy football. Um, for example, he has four starting quarterbacks, and uh, like none of them are even Sam Howell. No offense to Sam Howell. Sorry, bud. You got astray there. But yeah, I even made a mention of this uh, earlier on in the offseason. Uh, in, in reality, Max has like the makings of two really good squads. Like I, I, I broke it down here. Uh, you, had, you could have like team one with Fields and Carr quarterback, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Rashad White uh, at the running back, uh, Jamar Chase, Godwin Mooney, uh, Pitts a tight end. And then on the other team, you would have Kyler, Dak, Eckler, Mixon, Tyreek, Amari Cooper, Kirk, Kelsey. I mean, obviously you'd be a little thin, but that's not a whole, I mean, that doesn't get last place in the PDL, I can assure you that. Uh, and this guy has all those folks. Um, Max, definitely one of the, if not the, uh, top competitors this year. You're an easy guy to root for, Max. I wish you all the best, uh, unless you're playing me, in which case I do hope you lose to Dalton Kincaid. Man, you can tell that Jeff also podcasts because my goodness, is that guy a professional? But let's talk about Max of the Murphy Street Empire. Everyone knows that he lives rent-free in my head, but there's not many owners and people that I look up to as much as I do Max. And I feel like this goes to all of the Oregon guys. But special shout out to Max specifically because he's definitely made me become not just a better fantasy player, but a better person overall. And so there's not much more praise I can give this guy except for the fact that he is the heartbeat of the PDL. He's the one that's generating the conversations in the offseason, doing the heavy lifting, posting things on X, things like that to really help us get going, especially when times are slow. So Max, uh, there would be no PDL without you. You already know this, but I really wish you weren't so good because I'm always looking over my back to see what you're doing because you're always up to something, whether it's those Jedi mind tricks or the extra mind games, the deleting posts while tagging Jeff. What is that all about? I'm telling you, there's no one that plays fantasy at the caliber as this guy, and I feel like a broken record. I'm just so glad that he's in so many other leagues because if he just focused in the PDL like I do, oh my goodness, I don't even know if I would play fantasy football anymore. I might quit my own league and just become a full-time commissioner because I would stand absolutely no chance. But honestly, this is supposed to be more highlighting of you, the person, Max. Outside of fantasy football, you're an even better person, uh, which really just kind of talks about the person that you are. You build the community that is the PDL. Really excited to have you on here. But enough about you. 
Oh boy, let's get to number one. We know who this is. My gosh, I am unbearable. Today I get the honor of introducing the only two-time PDL champion with wins in 2020 and 2022, with a combined record of 38 wins, 16 losses. He is the sole proprietor and commissioner of the Fantasy Dynasty League. Safe to say, he is the reason this random dozen of fantasy degenerates from all over the world get to live out their dreams of being owner of their very own football franchise. When he's not busy entertaining the masses with a weekly PDL podcast or Twitter updates creating the most active fantasy football league this side of the Liberty Bell, he's holding down the fort at home as a loving father and husband. Without further ado, I give you the reigning, defending, PDL champion of the world, the owner of the Delco Dreamers, Tommy Yu. Oh man, let's give a special shout out to Michael from the California Earthquakes for giving me such a legendary intro. But guys, we made it. The end of the podcast. Don't worry, I'm not gonna, you know, sit up here and talk about my own team, sniff my own farts. No one wants that. But I really wanted to say thank you so much for all of you that submitted something to this project and even those owners who did not submit anything to the project. Don't worry. I am not going to single you out, even though we kind of know who you are. You still bring something really special to the PDL table. So the last final words I just wanted to mention is, hey, guys, buckle in. We are about to head into year five of the PDL. You guys have really made this something really, really special. And I cannot wait to see where we go from here. Take care, guys.